This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg Page 331. So we learned many, many, many points on the why the action, the mitzvah, the deed, is the most important, even more important than the love. And now he's going to add another point. Besides all the above, all the above-mentioned ways in which the action-related mitzvot are superior to intellectually aroused love and fear, there is yet another superior quality to the practical mitzvot. Even in the case of a soul of Zilu, though it derives from the vessels of the Zilu. Which we learned, if you remember, in, in the letter, the fourth part of the Tanya, the Holy Letters, letter number 20, a very long, profound letter, the Rebbe says the highest level of souls are from the vessels of Atzilus. And even though they're not godly, godliness, they don't have the power to create. The vessels of the world of emanation are godly. God and his vessels are one, inseparable. The souls are souls. They're independent beings. But nevertheless, they're the closest you get. They're a reflection of godliness. They're, the, they're as godly as, as could be. See, even these lofty souls, these high souls. Even in the case of the soul of Tzilut, though it derives from the vessel of Tzilut, and equally in the case of Nefesh Ruach, which derived from the vessels of Yitzhira Asiyah. Which are the lowest souls, the lowest levels of souls. Nefesh, which is the lowest level of the world of Asiyah, the lowest world. See, even a Jew whose soul is, comes from the lowest level which is almost very little, there's no deep sensitivity and there's no profound understanding and all there is is basically the ability to act and to think and to speak. So from the loftiest soul to the lowest soul, their intellectual love, this should possibly read fear and love, which themselves are a mode of elevation and also arouse in the vessels of Yitzhira a state of upward elevation through an arousal initiated from below. So when they arouse within themselves, when they arouse a love for Hashem, but in order to arouse a love for Hashem, first you have to begin with a level of awe, a level of fear, a level of awe. That's the minimum requirement to enter into the gateway, to enter into the door, just to enter into the door, the price of admission. To enter into the realm of godliness, there has to be a little egolessness, a little humility, a little sense of fear of awe, of sensing the yoke, taking upon yourself the yoke of heaven, which opens you up, and then that leads you to develop a love for Hashem. And then you have a higher love for Hashem, and then you have the ultimate level of awe. But here, he's saying to have the minimum, to, to, when you develop the chilu or the chimu, Fear, awe, and love. 
and when a person arouses, when the person arouses within his soul this love for Hashem, it arouses and awakens in our source, the source of the soul. The source of the soul are the vessels. So it arouses because, you know, God is interactive. So whatever we arouse within our soul, within our personal life, whatever stirs in our soul has an effect in our root, in our source. So when we arouse an awakening from below, our soul is awakened with a feeling of awe and love of Hashem. So this also arouses... This initiates an arousal from above. That the vessels are also stirred and the light, the energy goes upward. Just like the soul goes upward, you're elevating. You have an arousal to go beyond yourself. Allah for Hashem. You're trying to connect to something that's beyond you. We are physical and you're awakening a love and trying to cleave and connect to something that's beyond us, that's greater than us, that's beyond our realm of existence, beyond the physical. We're trying to touch and connect with the divine. So we awaken within our root and our source, the vessels, also an arousal to go beyond themselves, to leave their vessel, to transcend the vessel. And that's not a good thing. However, this is a state of departure alone, Hashem forbid. The effect on the vessels is that they depart upwards and do not fulfill their purpose, just as love and fear that do not descend into expression in mitzvot are also in a state of elevation, and departure. When love and fear do descend into mitzvot, they enhance the effect of the mitzvot in drawing down divine light. So this is like the sin of Nadav and Aviyu. Nadav and Aviyu entered into the temple without permission. They offered incense. They drew themselves close to Hashem. And they expired. Their souls expired. Their soul left the vessel, fled the vessel. And that was considered a negative thing because it was contrary to the whole theme of the tabernacle, the dedication of the tabernacle. The whole theme of the tabernacle is God wants to be drawn into this world. He wants to dwell in this world. He wants His light to be drawn into this world. And instead, they fled, they escaped, they ran. Their soul left their body. They were elevated until they were gone. The opposite to what Hashem's desires. Hashem desires to draw, we should draw him down into this world. So when a person awakens and arouses his love, and which causes a person to stir, and it causes you to transcend yourself and to want to rise above yourself and to want to elevate and to escape the mundane, the material, the physical, the daily. You want to connect with something special. A deep love that, that, that your heart aches because you feel a deep love for godliness. He says, 
by meditating and reflecting on the transcendence of Hashem and the infinity of Hashem and, and the essence of Hashem which causes you to want to rise and escape the whole confines of the body and the confines of your natural ego and confines of the world and the universe and you want to cleave and connect with Hashem Himself so it causes you to rise above it's an elevation which also causes your, the source of the soul, the vessels also. A vessel is there to draw down, to draw down the light. That's the nature of the vessel. You have the eye, the eye draws out the power of the soul to see. The vessel draws down. When there's a student, the student draws, elicits from the teacher to teach. He has a student, so he teaches, communicates. So he's drawing out. So the vessel draws down the light. But here, because the soul is aroused and is in a state of arousal, in a state of, state of ecstasy, where the soul wants to escape its vessels, then you cause the vessel to be counterproductive. He uses the word chas v'shalom. God forbid, it causes the, the, the vessel to want to escape, instead of being a vessel and containing the light and drawing down the light and holding the light, the fire is like out of control. You just want to burst out of your, burst the dam. You want to burst out of your vessels, burst out of your limits, burst out of your limitations and just connect with the infinite. And that goes contrary to the whole divine intent, what Hashem desires, what Hashem wants. That's what he says, if you're not doing what Hashem wants of you, even though it sounds so holy and so spiritual and so deep and so satisfying, it's very nice. But if you do it going against what Hashem wants, for a Jew, it's God forbid. It's the worst thing possible. So he says, that's the problem with love and awe, per se. God forbid he's not poo-pooing, he's not putting down the love and awe of Hashem. We learned earlier how important it is and how critical prayer is and how essential it is. And we learned the first part of the Tanya. This is the love that motivates all the mitzvahs. If a person doesn't have a love for Hashem, if you don't awaken, you don't have that awareness and you don't awaken and stir your soul, what's going to motivate you to do the mitzvahs? So you have to have love and fear. The love motivates you to do all the positive mitzvahs and the fear and awe motivates you to be careful and not to violate any of the 365 prohibitions. So it's essential. So what's he saying? God forbid. What's God forbid? It's a beautiful thing to have love and fear of Hashem. It's essential. It's a must. It's critical. See, so he's, what he's saying here is Yes, the love and fear are good as long as they lead to mitzvahs. Yes, it's critical. Yes, it's essential. But it's only essential as a means to an end. When the soul is stirred up and the soul is elevated, then when you do the mitzvah, the light that you're going to draw down in this mitzvah will be a much greater light, a much more intense light. The mitzvah will be illuminated. There will be a beautiful mitzvah. It will be... So the whole purpose is it's just a means to an end. But when it becomes an end in itself, 
then he uses the expression chas v'shalom. Then God forbid, then it's a terrible thing. Religion per se, mysticism per se, spirituality per se, meditation per se, chas v'shalom, God forbid. It's a negative, it's not a positive. Those who say that Kabbalah, Kabbalah precedes Torah, is greater than Torah. <laughs> God forbid. Kabbalah that's divorced from Torah, he uses the expression, God forbid. It's a, it's a tragedy. It's not a positive, it's a negative. It goes contrary to the whole divine purpose. The whole reason for Kabbalah is just in mysticism, spirituality, is just a means to an end. You go up in order that when you re-enter, you're going to do the mitzvah with a whole different energy and a whole different passion, enthusiasm. It's like the astronauts. Yes, you leave the earth. Anyone who's experienced that, any astronaut that left the earth and was able to see the world from, from out there, have that perspective, will never be the same again. When they come back to this world, they have a perspective that none of us ever had, which puts everything into, in, in the right perspective. But God forbid, if you get marooned in outer space, <laughs> you stay in outer space, <laughs> you're finished. It's over. So that's what he says. If, if, the, if the love and awe just become an end in itself, then it, it ruins everything. Not only does it ruin your soul, but even in the root and the source of the soul, also you cause the vessel to cease to be a vessel that draws the light down, but the vessel ceases to be a vessel. It doesn't want to be a vessel. It wants to burst out. It wants to go up and never come back down. And that's contrary to the whole purpose, the whole divine purpose and the whole divine plan, which is the mitzvah. The mitzvah, that's the purpose. That's the plan. To do the mitzvah, to draw godly, godly light into this world. That's the whole purpose. Now, if, you're, if you elevate yourself, then you can draw down a much stronger light, a much more intense light. And then you return and you do the mitzvah. That was the sin of Nadav and Avi. The sin wasn't that they, their soul was in ecstasy. The sin was that they expired in their ecstasy and they didn't come back. They should have had the ecstasy but then come back. That was the problem. That was contrary to the divine plan and divine purpose. That's why the mitzvah is superior. That's the whole point. The whole point is the mitzvah. The whole point is to draw Hashem into this world. You know, when you're trying to connect, Hasidus uses the analogy, trying to connect someone above and below. So you have someone who's on top of the mountain, you have someone who's below the mountain. So you have two ways of connecting. Either the one on the bottom of the mountain goes up to the top of the mountain, well, the one on the top of the mountain goes down. And the purpose is that the, and it's much more powerful when the one above goes down and rolls down the mountain. It says, Hashem came down the mountain. With the giving of the Torah, through the mitzvot, you're bringing Hashem down the mountain, you're bringing Hashem into this world. 
You're taking the infinite. That's a much greater novelty, that the infinite could be drawn down into this finite, limited, coarse, crass, materialistic world. When you do a mitzvah in time and space with a physical object, you're drawing down the infinite into this tiny, limited arena. That's the novelty. That's the bigger novelty. That's the whole divine purpose. Hashem wanted to be drawn down. But of course, it's also essential and critical. We also climb the mountain. We refine ourselves. We pray. We stir our souls. We have awareness. We have a feeling, a love, and an awe of Hashem. Because when we do elevate ourselves, for the purpose of doing, coming back and doing the mitzvah, then the mitzvah is, is illuminated. The light that we draw down is much more powerful than if we just do the mitzvah mechanically and by rote and technically without any emotions, without any feelings, without any soul stirrings. Then it's a positive. Then the elevation is positive. The whole purpose of the elevation is to enhance and amplify the descent to the coming down of the infinite as is. The infinite remains infinite, remains godly and divine and it comes down into this world. Into our lives, into this world. Context of our lives. But if it's just an end in itself, then it's a negative. And he says, chas v'sholem, God forbid. So if this is the whole purpose, that's why the mitzvah is more important than the love. And that's why another added explanation why we spend most of our life including Rabbi Shimon Bayechoi, the author of the Zohar the Bible of uh, mysticism he spent most of his life studying the revealed part of the Torah he is the most quoted Tana in the whole, the whole Gemara there isn't hardly a chapter in the whole six orders of the Mishnah where Rabbi Shimon's name is not mentioned so he was the greatest Tana the greatest scholar of the legal part of the Torah, the revealed part of the Torah. And yet he was the mystic par excellence. He was Rabbi Shimon Bar Why would he spend most of his time studying the revealed part of the Torah? He should have spent all of his time studying the secrets of the Torah. Especially he was so adept at it and capable. Because that's what he's explaining here. The advantage of the practical mitzvah. And not only doing the practical mitzvah, but also studying the mitzvah. Studying the halachot and thoroughly mastering the laws and the rules and all the revealed the code of Jewish law and the Talmud and the Mishnah, studying, studying thoroughly in depth. And this engaged most of their time because of the advantage. This is the whole point. This is the whole purpose. Hashem wanted His infinite light to be drawn down into the here and now, into the physical, into the practical, into the six orders of the Mishnah, into agriculture, into the animal, into the time, space, and everything, every aspect of our life. We should draw down the infinite light. But eliciting from above downward is affected only by means of the practical, practical mitzvah, which draw light into the vessels, and specifically into the external aspect of the vessels, so that the external aspect of the superior level descends, while the internal aspect of the inferior level rises. We learned earlier, last week, that, that when something descends from on high, the higher it is, the only way it could be revealed is, is externally, as something physical. Like he said, the transmission of, of children comes in a physical form, in the semen. 
But where does it come from? It comes from the very essence. Because it comes from the very essence, the, the inner part of a person, the inner part of a person can only express itself externally, which, is, which shows, signifies, shows that it comes from the essence. It comes from the higher, the inner part of a person. So he says that the external part of the, of the, of the higher, of the superior level, descends, that's why it descends in the, in the, in the low form, because it's external, but it's the external of the higher level, while the internal aspect of the inferior level rises. The part of the soul that's elevated, that's stirred up, that's the love, you feel love and you feel awe, that comes from, that's external. And that's why it remains stuck in the spiritual. That's why it, it's expressed in a very lofty, lofty level. Like the angels are very lofty. And the Jew is very physical. And the Jew is much superior, much deeper. It comes from the essence of Hashem, the inner part of Hashem, while the, the angels come from the external, the superficial. And precisely so, that's why they're lofty and spiritual. But that's what the whole class last week, uh, two weeks ago, we, Alter Rebbe discussed exactly this point. That's what he's saying. That the, the external of the higher part comes down, is drawn down when you do the mitzvah. But which part is elevated when you stir your soul and you cause a stirring, which causes also a stirring at the root of the soul, which is the vessel, you're only, which causes it to be elevated, to elevate, to rise, you're only causing the external level of the vessel to be elevated. But the internal level, the deeper level, that is drawn down when you do the mitzvah. Has created beings thus experience an upper, an upper directed longing for the divine. Divinity descends into the world. This is a positive thing. When when a, when a Jew is knows that the purpose of arousing your soul is in order that after this arousal you should then grab a gemara and grab and a shulchan aruch and do the mitzvah. So then, the arousal causes the, the drawing down of the light at a much deeper level. This is the intent of the above-quoted Zohar in Parsha Pekuben, that there is an order of elevation and an order of descent. Both are needed for the divine purpose, that is, for man's spiritual service, the elevation and the elevation. So we learned in the, in the essay number two, that there are two ways we draw down a response from above. One is by mouthing the words of prayer, physically moving the mouth. That's why prayer has to be physical. But then he said there's also the prayer of tzaddikim, who basically sacrifice their lives, give up their egos. When they pray, they're basically surrendering to Hashem and totally pouring their hearts and souls out to Hashem that also elicits a response and draws down the light. So clearly, since they're giving up their ego, they're giving up their whole being to Hashem, it's almost an act of self-sacrifice. So therefore, that does draw down the light. Not just causes an elevation. Because 
you know, we discussed Nadav and Aviyu. Yes, Nadav and Aviyu was considered a negative thing. Hashem says, don't learn from their example. Even though what they did was exemplary and they were so holy and they're very special. But it goes contrary to the whole point of the tabernacle. That this should happen on the inauguration of the tabernacle and all future temples. When the whole theme of the tabernacle is to draw Hashem down into this world and not to escape from this world. But then there's another thing. It's called Mesiris Nefesh, sacrifice. When a Jew sacrifices his life for Hashem, martyrs himself for Hashem, so he's giving up his life. But that's the holiest level. That, he doesn't use the expression, chas v'shalom, God forbid. That's the holiest level. You know, the six million we don't call them six million. We don't call them six million victims. There were six million kedoshim, holy. They were the holiest Jews that ever lived, the holiest generation in throughout Jewish history. Six million kedoshim died only because they were Jewish for the crime of being Jewish. So they died for Hashem. The Mesiris Nefesh. There's nothing greater than that. Talmud says those who died for sanctifying God's name, you can't even stand. The greatest tzaddikim can't even stand in their four cubits in heaven. They're in such a high place. The holiest place. You can't even come close. As is the famous story of Rabbi Yosef Karo, one of the most prolific writers, the author of the Shulchan Aruch. And uh, we have a sefer, we have a book that he published. He had a, an angel, a guide, who would appear to him. Whenever he would learn, he knew the whole Mishnayis by heart. So every day, whenever he was very tired, he, didn't have, he would say Mishnayis by heart. When he say Mishnayis by heart, this angel would appear to him. And he would teach him Torah. And he wrote a book of everything the angel taught him. We have it. And one of the things the angel told him was that it was decided in heaven that he is going to merit to sanctify God's name, to die on Kiddush Hashem, to martyr himself, to die for being a Jew for Hashem. And that was the greatest thing, greatest reward. At the end, Rabbi Yosef Karo lived a very long life into his 90s. He passed away on his deathbed. He never, never was martyred for Kiddush Hashem, was never martyred. And that was considered a punishment. The angel told him that because of whatever, he did not merit, that merit was taken away from him. When did the angel appear to him? Before he became famous, before he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, before he wrote even, maybe even the Bes Yosef on the tour. I don't even know if he wrote the Kesef Mishnah yet. On the Rambam. So had he died, martyred himself Hashem's name, we probably may have never even heard of him. We would not have the Shulchan Aruch. We would not have the Bes Yosef. We would not have the Kesef Mishnah. We wouldn't have had all this prolific writing, which is the foundation of the Shulchan Aruch, of everything that we have today. But for him, it was considered a punishment. <laughs> because the, to die on Kiddush Hashem, there's no greater merit, there's no greater schus. So even though you can say, but he's giving up his life. Yeah, but this wasn't the case of Nadav and Avir. Nadav and Avir died in ecstasy. 
mystical ecstasy. Here, his life was, it would have been taken by the anti-Semites. He would have been killed for his Jewishness because his refusal to bow down to the idol or his refusal to deny his Jewishness. Martyr himself for Hashem. Show his devotion for Hashem that we love Hashem so much that we're ready to make the ultimate sacrifice. We're ready to give up our being, our existence, our ego, even though we love life and we want to live. And there's nothing we want more, but we're ready to give it all up for Hashem. This draws down the light. This is not the type of thing that elevates, that runs away. It's not escapism. You're giving up your body. You're giving up your life. You're doing a mitzvah, the ultimate mitzvah, Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, martyring yourself. You're doing it with something physical, with your whole being, with your whole body. So that draws down Hashem in the most intense way possible. Even more so than all the Torah that he wrote, and the Shulchan Aruch, and the Vesiyas, and everything. The intense drawing down of Hashem's light that the act of Messiah's Nefesh would accomplish is superior than all the mitzvahs and all the Torah study. The highest level of Jew can reach, the Neshamas who martyred are on a place where no one could even touch. Highest place in, in Ganed. So that's what the Zohar says. There's two types of prayer. There's a prayer which comes through physically moving the lips, which draws down the response, because it's physical. But then there's the prayer of a tzaddik, whose act of prayer is an act of self-sacrifice. He's giving up his ego. He's sacrificing himself. The Baal Shem Tev, before he prayed, he would say goodbye to his family every day, because he wasn't sure if he's going to make it through the prayer. When he said, love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being, he lived it, he experienced it. So he was ready to sacrifice his life. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, you're ready to give up your life, Hashem. So such a level of self-sacrifice of giving up your ego for Hashem, completely giving up every fiber of your being, every bone of your body to Hashem, this does arouse a response and draws down the light below. That's what he's saying. It's a different story. That's created for the divine purpose, for man's spiritual service, the elevations, and the elicitation. By the elevation of mind to living, so he says, you need, you need both. You need the elevation, which then elicits the response. And the greater the elevation, the greater will be the response as well. So the whole purpose of the elevation is to draw down the response. You know, when a person gives up his life, he's, he's demonstrating in this world and demonstrating to the anti-Semite who's taking his life. He's demonstrating, fulfilling the mitzvah of sanctifying Hashem's name. He's doing a mitzvah, the ultimate mitzvah. And he's doing it physically. So he's drawing down this intense light into this world when the, even the, the, 
a non-Jew can see the Jew's dedication to Hashem and the Jew's devotion to Hashem, he sees something so genuine. Because everything in this world is a calculation. No one just does anything genuinely. Everything is manipulated. Everything is calculated. Everything is a, is a, it's a give and take. I'm giving something because I'm, I'm taking something. I'm getting something in return. Everything is a transaction. But an act of such purity, of such genuineness, for a Jew to give up his life, this is something that doesn't exist in this world, in this universe. There's no calculation. There's no personal gain. It's pure. So this demonstrates a level of of godliness, of truth, of genuineness, that that just the non-Jews are in awe. They've never seen anything like it. They've never experienced anything like it. Nothing like it exists in this world. So that's an act of drawing down. But he's saying in prayer, when you pray, when you have, you pray internally, spiritually, and then you pray moving your lips, which is the obligation of prayer. You have to physically move your lips. So this is the elevation that draws down, elicits the response. The elevation is the stirring of the soul. And it's that prayer, and only that prayer, a genuine prayer, a soul-stirring prayer, that rises above and evokes a response. And then when you physically move your lips and you pray, you elicit the response that you need. The prayer that we experience in most synagogues, that prayer goes nowhere. It's no wonder why it doesn't accomplish anything, because it, it never went anywhere, <laughs> never left the first base. You know, the, uh, they're sitting on the plane for a few hours, and finally the, 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 the pilot gets on the air, he said, good news and bad news. The good news is that, we, that we, we're on the ground. The bad news is we never left. <laughs> you know, um, so our prayers never left anywhere, never went anywhere. never. But a real prayer, that's an elevation. And then when you pray and you move your lips and you pray properly, then you will draw down the response. Hashem will respond. It will heal the sick and give you financial freedom and success, independence, everything that you need in life. So then the two go hand in hand. If they go, go hand in hand, an order of elevation, and then which leads to descent, then you're fulfilling the divine purpose. That is the divine purpose. We need the elevation. But as a means to an end that then ultimately leads to the descent, and that's the ultimate purpose. What is Mayan Nukvim from the divine name Sag? Okay. Okay, that is accomplished by the elevation of the sparks by deeds and speech. So, we learned earlier, we learned in the last class that there are different names of spelling Hashem's name, different ways of spelling out the letters of Hashem's name. You have different combinations, and the four main combinations add up to 42, or add up to 52, or add up to 63, or add up to 72, because every letter has a numerical value. So Yud, Yud never changes. Yud is Yud, if you spell it out, the way it sounds, it's Yud, Vav, Dalad. Yud is 10, Vav is 6, Dalad is 4, so it's 20. So Yud is 20. Then you have Hey, Vav, Hey. And that's the variation. That's where you get all the variations. So the, this, uh, the lowest level, 
is hey is hey aleph. That's six. If two hey's, so that's twelve. That's thirty-two. And vav is vav aleph vav. So that's six, six, and one. That's that's thirteen. So 32 and 13 is 45. That's the name 45. That's the lowest, the minimal combination. And that's the world of Atsilas. That's the world of mending. That's where the souls are rooted in, the world of divine emanation. That's the lowest level. That's a level where everything is clear. Everything is clarified. Everything is clear. Everything is perfect. And that's why the soul was given the mission of clarifying this world because the soul comes from a very clear place. You can't clarify if you yourself, unless you yourself are first clear. You can't clarify a subject matter if you yourself are unclear and all discombobulated and confused. You have to be totally crystal clear and then you can help clarify muddled situations. So the soul who's clear, crystal clear, comes into this world and they have the ability to clarify. So where, where does the physical world come from? The physical world is rooted in the higher level. In the higher name. And specifically the name of Sag. Sag is the combination of Sag is the letters. So Yud is 20. Hey is Hey Yud. It's 15. Twice. If two Hey's, it's 30. So we're up to 50. Vav is Vav Aleph Vav. So it's 13. 15, 13 is Sag. That's the world of chaos. That's the world of Tov. So all the physical objects, which is the, with which we do the mitzvah, the mitzvahs all have to be physical. You have to light the candle, you have to hold the lulav and the esrog, and you have to eat the matzah, it's all physical. The tefillin is even leather hide of an animal, a physical animal. It's all physical. And even moving your lips when you pray. What gives you strength to move your lips? It's the physical, the food that you eat. It's your body. When a person is, is sick and tired, you, can't, you don't even have the power, you don't even have the energy to speak. But your mind is still racing, your mind is still thinking. Thought is spiritual, but physical. The speech is physical. So the physical is rooted in the world of chaos, which is rooted in the higher name of Hashem. It's a much greater, and that's why the sparks from that world are much greater, are much deeper. So the sparks and the physical and the lips and the food that you eat and the, all the physical items come from a much higher level. So when you elevate, when the soul does a mitzvah with a physical object and you move your lips and you move your lips to praise Hashem and to pray, physically moving your lips and praising Hashem and davening to Hashem, you're elevating these sparks to its root, to its source. And those sparks, once you reconnect it to its source, it's much greater energy, much more intense energy than the soul. So therefore you cause, an ele- you cause a, a revelation of a light of godliness that was not there before. So as a result of this clarification, as a result of these mitzvot and praying, moving your lips and reconnecting it to its source, the sparks to its source, you unleash, you ignite an intense revelation of godliness that's much more intense and much greater than the light that the soul has or the world of shema, the world of the divine, the world of emanation has on its own. That's the purpose. That's the whole purpose. The whole purpose is to draw down. 
to draw down that light. This is the ultimate purpose of the down progression of all the various worlds, that the supernal light be revealed below and not that the inferior be elevated. For this elevation can only be momentary until the further descent. It does serve a purpose. You need that elevation, but as long as it's temporary, as long as it's a means to an end. That immediately after this elevation, after the davening, that warm davening, that intense experience, you run and do the mitzvah. You run and do what you have to do to draw Hashem into this world, into your daily life, into our everyday life. If Hashem is just special moments, special occasions, and special compartmentalized, then that's not the purpose. The whole purpose is that these elevated moments and these moments of inspiration should motivate you to roll up your sleeves and now let me bring Hashem into my daily life, into the physical, learning the Torah, doing the mitzvot as I go about my daily lives and drawing down that light, that new intense light, that powerful light. Then it's a positive. So he says, if it's Lafish Shav, it's only for the moment, then it's a positive. And even so, when an elevation is necessary, this involves not the ascent of the light, that would be a move toward departure, but specifically an elevation of the vessels toward the supernal lights. He's saying there's two types of elevation. When we say elevation, there's a negative and there's a positive. The negative is when the light leaves the vessel, like the soul departs the body. You're dead. That's a negative. The soul leaves the body. Not of an avil, the soul left the body. That's an elevation that's negative. But then you have an elevation which is positive. For example, the elevation of Shabbos, Yom Kippur. It's an elevation where the soul, where the body is elevated to a higher level. And now the body could absorb and receive a much greater light. For example, your mind understands, can only understand certain things. Some things are just over your head. You just feel it's way over your head. I, I, it's too vague, it's too fuzzy, I don't get it, I don't grasp it. I'm saying words, I have no clue what I'm saying. The moment I'm stumped, you ask me one question, everything falls apart because I never really grasped. I, never, I don't truly understand it. It's beyond me. Then you mature, you wisen, you grow, your vessels expand. All of a sudden, what yesterday was complex and difficult and impossible, now I get it. I understand it. I absorb it. It's crystal clear to me. What happened? Your vessel, your mind, was elevated. Your mind expanded. Your mind is elevated. As a result of every day you're learning and every day you're growing and trying and effort, you elevate it, you expand, you expand, and now all of a sudden, also maturity and wisdom that comes with time and with experience, now all of a sudden I, I can understand it. Yesterday I thought I'll never get it, I'll never understand it, it's way over my head. And today, 
Make sense? So what changed? Your vessel was elevated. The vessel is elevated, now it could receive a much greater light. The greater the vessel, the more it could absorb, the more it could receive. That's what happens on Shabbos and Yantiv. Shabbos and Yantiv and Yom Kippur, which is called Shabbos Shabbosin, the worlds are elevated. The world is elevated, and therefore the same world that we live in now is able to receive and absorb godliness. It's a, you're walking down the street, but it's a different world. The world is resting. The world is celebrating Shabbos. Not just the Jew. The whole world is different. The Heli Garujana, the Holy Garujana Rebbe, he was, when he was a child, one of the greatest Hasidic masters, Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin, he would play with his friends, and they would all go home right before Shabbos, and he would continue playing. He would look up, and he says, no, it's not Shabbos yet. He had no watch, he didn't have a calendar. And then he would look up, and he would stop playing, drop the ball. Shabbos. He physically saw the world transforming, the world changing. It's a different world. Because every Shabbos, the world is elevated. What? Is it because we have a different soul? No, that's, that's, that's part of it, but also the whole world, not just the Jew, the whole world rests. That's what it says when Mashiach will come. If a Jew will, by mistake, pl- want to pluck a fig from a tree, the tree will yell, a Shabbos. Because the whole world is at rest. Because the whole world is elevated. And now it could receive and absorb godliness. During the week, godliness is hidden and concealed. So it's very limited. Can't receive much. We're in the lowest world. We're like the stone. We can't receive much. You don't see any life in the stone. But then when the vessel is elevated, and that expands, when your mind expands, you're elevated, now I can receive. Now I can absorb. Now you can sense godliness. Godliness becomes real. So the vessel, so this is an elevation that's positive. The vessel is elevated and therefore it's able to receive and absorb a much greater light. When he says, chas v'shalom, God forbid, he's talking about an elevation where it leaves the body. But an elevation where like a person rests. You go to sleep at night. Wake, you wake up refreshed. It's only momentary. Yes, you're asleep. So your body, your soul left. It's not a tragedy. It's because you slept. Now when you wake up, it's a brand new day. Your mind is fresh. You can come to the koilal. You can learn. You can learn new things. You can absorb new things. It's a new day. It's a brand new day. I'm a brand new person. So it was a temporary elevation. It's an elevation where you're elevated. It clears the mind. It clears all the, co- all the, the cobwebs. And now, I'm elevated. I'm a day older. Now I can receive and absorb and draw down more light. So that's a positive. It's only when it leads to death, like not even a view, a total escapism and, and leaving the body and leaving the confines of the body and not appreciating that the whole point is 
to draw the light down. When you forget what it's all about, and your whole point is you're trying to run away, as in many religions and mysticisms, you want to run away, tune in, tune out, run away from the world, escape from the world. That's not the divine purpose. That's not what God wants. That's not why He created the world. That's not the purpose. That's not what this is all about. If it's an end in itself, then it's chas v'shalom. Then it's a tragedy. It's God forbid. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. It misses the whole point. The whole point is, yes, temporarily you have an elevation, but only to expand, to refresh, to be able to come back reinvigorated, stronger, to draw down even a greater light. Those who didn't make it. Right. What was that here? The four who entered into the, had this mystical experience, the four rabbis, Ben Azai, Ben Zayma, Elisha Ben Avuya, and Rabbi Akiva. Ben Azai died as a result, like Nadav and Aviyu, his, his, his soul escaped the body. It was so intense. Ben Zayma went mad. Maybe he was normal and we were all mad, but whatever it was, he couldn't, couldn't fit in anymore into the nine-to-five routine. It was just too dull for him. Elisha Ben Avuya became a heretic. He left organized religion altogether. He says, this is completely counterproductive. Rabbi Kiva was the only one who entered in peace and left in peace. That's the whole point. Yes. So you have to be focused before you start doing it. Ah, so the question is, why would the Talmud say Rabbi Kiva entered in peace and left in peace? They all entered in peace. <laughs> the only difference was how they, how they left the experience, how they walked away from the experience. But the Talmud is telling us that why did Rabbi Kiva leave in peace? Because he entered in peace. He entered differently. Rabbi Kiva always knew that the ultimate point is the re-entry. What does Hashem desire? Hashem wants us to live in this world and to be part of this world in this limited, narrow world. What some would call the dull, day-to-day experience. Six days a week you work. One day a week Shabbos. Not six days a week Shabbos, and one day a week we work. And Hashem wanted us to have that deep, soul-stirring, earth-shattering experience. But the only purpose is that you should come back wiser, rejuvenated, reinvigorated, illuminated, expanded, so you can draw down a greater light. So because he entered with the right attitude, that's why he left with the right attitude. For the others, it became an end in itself. It's a mystical experience, and therefore, it didn't end well. This is a specific quality of Shabbat and Yom Kippur, at which time there is an elevation of the worlds, Aliyat HaOlamot, where the vessels are in a state of elevation towards the supernal light. So there's the elevation of every Shabbat, but then there's the elevation of Yom Kippur, which is of a magnitude higher. It's, it's Shabbat Shabbaton. It's the holy day of the year, the holiest day of the year. When the worlds are elevated, you have five prayers, it's elevated to the highest level that the world could receive and absorb. And that's why I'll never forget, you can even see it in the pictures. 
the Rebbe's face after Yom Kippur, after Ni'ilah, after Yom Kippur, radiated like an angel. Like when Moshe came down the mountain the third time, Yom Kippur says his face radiated that he couldn't even look at his face. He had to wear a mask from that point on. The Rebbe's face radiated something special. Like you never saw it like that any time of the year. It was like, because after Yom Kippur, when you reach the highest level of elevation, when the vessel reaches the highest point, that now the vessel could absorb and receive this light. So you look at the vessel, you see it. You look at the face, you see the light, the radiation. It's a, it becomes a, becomes a vessel for the highest light. And it can draw down and absorb the highest light. That's, that's a wonderful, that's a special thing. That's a good thing. But not... But not the elevation and departure of the light, Hashem forbid, as is written in Puri Etz Chaim. That's a negative. To leave, like the soul leaves the body. If it's just soul-stirring to transcend and to escape and to ignore... And that's why also Benazim and Ben Zayma, they had this experience. Benazim and Ben Zayma, they chose not to get married. They chose not to be part of this physical world. You know, the high priest is not allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, can't do the service on Yom Kippur unless he's married. The rest of the year doesn't say that. But on Yom Kippur, he must be married. You would think Yom Kippur, the holiest day. Anyway, on Yom Kippur, you can't have relations with your wife. And for seven days before, they would separate him from his wife. Why is it so critical, essential? He can't enter the Holy of Holies. But that's the whole point. The whole point of Yom Kippur is that the vessel, you become a vessel to receive a light. It's all about being in this world, drawing Hashem down into this world. Yes through the elevation, as a means to an end, which then draws down a much more intense light. But that's the ultimate goal. That's why you have to be grounded, you have to be physical, you have to be in this world. Not like Nadav ben Avil, who are, who are like Benazim and ben Zoma. They were also chose not to get married for that same reason. They were hyper-spiritual. And that's not the point. That's not what Hashem desired. The nefesh, ruach, neshama of man relative to his physical body in this world are considered as lights relative to the vessels. So too an intellectual fear and love relative to mitzvot of action, they too are considered as lights relative to vessels. If a person just focuses and just concentrates on his soul, developing his soul, developing his feelings for Hashem, emotions and developing his awareness and understanding of Hashem. All you're touching is the light. And you're not touching the vessel. You're not drawing Hashem down into this world. You're, you're, the light is... You're separating the light from the vessel. You're separating the soul from the body. You're separating the emotions and the awareness from the practical from the action and that goes contrary to the whole point of creation this is why Moshe offered 515 prayers equivalent in number to the Hebrew word 
asking that he be privileged to enter the Holy Land, specifically so that he could fulfill the practical mitzvah. Only in the Holy Land can the practical mitzvah be fulfilled in their entirety. And the fulfillment of the practical mitzvah is the ultimate purpose of the entire Yishtashvalut. But through them, divinity is drawn down to this netherworld. So Moshe, the greatest prophet that ever lived and will ever live, whose soul is a soul of the world of Atzillus, who is a reflection of godliness. And yet, with all his mysticism and spirituality, everything, he felt, I need to do the mitzvah. I need to go into the land and physically do the mitzvah. He pleaded with Hashem, please give me the opportunity. Because without doing the mitzvah, I'm missing the whole point. The whole point of creation, the whole point of the whole Torah is the practicality, to do the physically, do the mitzvah, to draw Hashem down into this world. So too as regards the physical utterance of their laws. For by uttering and studying the laws of the mitzvah, with physical speech, one also draws down the light below. So it's not only by doing the mitzvah, today we don't have the opportunity to do the overwhelming majority of the mitzvah. They're not practical, we don't have a temple. And, but we could, and we're obligated to study all the laws of the Torah, all 613 mitzvah. Because by studying the Torah, and especially by verbally, orally studying the Torah and verbalizing it, using your lips and moving your lips and reading the words of the Torah, you are again drawing down Hashem's light from above to below. And that's the whole purpose. of That's what Hashem desired. And when you study Torah, it's as if you've done the mitzvah. So it's the closest we can get to actually doing the mitzvah today. So we have to obligate it to learn the Torah, to study the Torah, to study all the laws of the Torah. That's why he explains why it's not enough just to focus on davening and daven all day and not learn Torah, not spend time and energy and effort in mastering the Talmud and the Code of Jewish Law and to know all 613 mitzvot because you're not, if, because then you would not be fulfilling the whole purpose of creation. The whole purpose of creation, the whole thing that Hashem desired is to draw His light down into this world. And the only way to do that is by doing the mitzvah and by studying the laws of the mitzvah, physically, the physical laws of the mitzvah studying and learning it, moving your lips and saying the words of Torah and learning the words of Torah. So this lights a fire. This gives a whole, a whole uh, excitement about learning Torah and learning the 613 mitzvot and mastering the Talmud and the Mishnah and the, and the uh, Halacha and the Shukhnara. Now, we already learned earlier how essential prayer is and how unique prayer is and that he already in this letter he basically is highlighting how each of the three pillars are essential prayer is nothing greater than prayer <laughs> now we just added the point of the many points that he discussed there's nothing greater than the actual mitzvah doing the mitzvah and then he's going to, going to conclude that there's nothing greater than the studying of Torah. So which one is it? Each one is the greatest. And the answer is, oh, you're right, you're right, and you're right. All three are the greatest, and all three are essential, and all three, and that's why these three are the pillars. You need all three. You can't have one without the other. To be a whole Jew, 
you have to master prayer and you have to master Torah and you have to master acts of goodness and kindness and tzedakah and milus chasadim and mitzvahs. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.